once it's on like hour 18 or 19, if I'm just sitting at my computer, I might just <laughs> fall flat on my face, you know. But, you know, to Jack be fair, Bowers. To out be in fair, the David, you're falling asleep at your computer when it's like hour two. We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that sucked and shows that blowed. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe secret code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. Featuring the VIPs of SBTV, Austin G and Dr. DB with our AT&C money. Weird TV is their specialty. It might be all four, just one, two, or three. Cause they're old and kinda busy. So go get ready and take a peek. So set your phases to download the rarity that we have bestowed. Special moments no one would have showed. Open your body holes cause you're gonna get told Grab yourself a drink and let's unload In a very special episode Hello and welcome to a very special episode, The Podcast The podcast which reviews very special episodes from pop culture I am your host this week, Austin Gorton and taking a break from fending off looters is David Bitsenoffer. I am in the like urban cities stuff. Right? If there is if there is an EMP that took out all of the power in St. Paul, you'd be right in the crosshairs. Yeah, I'd just be running around naked. Be like, I can't do Pokemon Go, my phone is dead. <laughs> Myth EMPs wouldn't affect cell phones. I know. I don't know. And <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they would. What am I, a scientist? <laughs> we'll get into that in a moment. But no, neither Enjoying of us are scientists. Us. Sorry, I'm just going to keep talking <laughs> so we never introduce our third guest. <laughs> Joining us for this all Minnesota episode, Woo! we have a very special guest making her full podcast debut, my wife, Christy Gordon. Yay! Yay! <laughs> It only took two shows and 150 some episodes, but we've got you on a podcast. Uh, it's the first time I've been asked, besides oh, by Ryan, to oh. do a small <laughs> clip. So I think that it falls down into your hands, Mr. Gordon. Did ever did everybody hear the sound of that bus that just ran me over? <laughs> well, somebody didn't make much of an effort to get out of the road, though. Yeah, that's true. Well, I'm sorry it took me this long to push you into coming on one of our shows. Thank you. But you are here now, and we are discussing 24, season 4, episode 13, cleverly titled 7 p.m. to 8 p.m., in which Jack Bauer has a MacGuffin that some bad guys want, and in order to fend off the bad guys long enough for help to arrive, he enlists the aid of the owners of a sporting goods store, who just happen to be Arab Americans, eager to show the world they're different than the terrorists attacking the country. David, what yes. is your relationship <laughs> with 24? Well, I have a very little relationship with 24, which is why I was going to ask a whole bunch of questions. No, I I can tell you a not-so-humorous story that I thought was a little humorous at the time. <laughs> That bef- Those are the best kinds of stories. <laughs> when season one was about to premiere, I remember seeing all the like uh, commercials for it, like the previews for it, which I think was right. like Limp Bizkit or 
maybe that uh now I can't even think of their better predecessor. Ah, it doesn't matter. Uh <laughs> Lincoln Park, that's the other one I was thinking. Oh, there, yeah, one yeah, of them, yeah. there's one of those songs and while they were just playing it. And I was like and all I heard about the premise of twenty four was like you know, it obviously had something to do with a day. And my first instinct was, wow, is it like an entire season that just takes place over one day? That'd be kind of interesting. And then I was like, oh, no, it's probably just every episode is simply one day. So it's like 24 hours every episode. And I was like, yeah, that's not as interesting. And then, of course, it turns out that I was right the first time. And that's the funny part. You were right. I know. that You I... were right the first That you were right the first time. That's the funny part. Yeah. And that I <laughs> kind of decided not to watch it because I thought it was something that it wasn't because I, I was hoping it'd be something that it was. If I was going to say, for anybody that doesn't know, that is the conceit of 24 is that each season is 24 episodes long and each episode encapsulates one hour of real time supposedly mm. <laughs> yeah they they use they they use commercial breaks and uh scene transitions to fudge that a little bit yeah to jump a few minutes here and there. yeah so do they all start at the same time every season no they all pretty much i mean i don't know they've had eight and a half some seasons yeah. so i think they may have overlapped some of them, but they don't intentionally start at the same time every season. i wonder if they change some of that well i just was thinking of it because the episodes are just titled like 7 p.m to 8 p.m or whatnot yeah and so i was like is like every first episode named the same or not or are they all different but no. then you and it's super yeah it's super annoying when you're trying to like look things up on an episode <laughs> by episode basis yeah it's like okay this is that one when it was that time of the day that's great that you tells me nothing <laughs> you don't have the time of day when things happen in this show memorized no, I certainly do not. Yeah, I think they they start at different times each day, and I'm pretty sure the that's basically just to get around the sleep issue. Yeah, which is they just they have it start at a time when Jack is awake, and so you never have any kind of like, and he's just awake for 24 hours straight, plus however much he was up prior to that. I mean, oh, honey, it's when the incident happened. <laughs> yeah. These are real world events uh-huh. happening. You know, that the yeah. bomb went off at He's... 9 o'clock a.m. Just how convenient was that? These are eight the real world events it. that just happened to start and end within an exactly 24 hour period. 24 hour, yep. Yep, exactly. With the no U.S. government break. is just that good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, not good enough because it's not like 23 hours and then just 24 of them being like, uh, I think it's time to hit the hay now or something. <laughs> uh, Christy, what is your relationship with 24? Um, my relationship with 24 uh, is more of a um, unfortunate uh, uh, standby observer <laughs> in that uh, you are often watching it and I just happen to be in the room. Okay. <laughs> I, I take I take issue with with often watching it. Okay, <laughs> when it was on, right? You and you wanted to watch it, and I would just happen to you'd ask, and I'd say, "Yeah, it's fine. I'll flip through magazines or play Simpsons online." And mm-hmm. it was on. Although there was the I probably with the last season, yeah, the one in London. I actually kind of did pay some attention to it. Yeah, that was when they brought it back for the, like, 12-episode miniseries. Yeah, because, you know, it was London, so I'll pay attention to London. Gotcha, gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was going to say, I feel like I saw the first, like, one or two episodes of the first season, and then, and I just, I don't know, it didn't 
hook me right away or whatever, you know. I was in college and sometimes I just get busy or, you know, have right. stuff right. going on. And before DVR and all that, too. Yeah, this is a show that predates DVRs. And then I do, the one episode I specifically remember was pretty much just the first episode of the second season, because I was like, oh, maybe I'll start watching it. And then I just didn't for whatever reason also, but I do know that Jack was on drugs at the end, and that was the big cliffing. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Who isn't on drugs? Come on, eight seasons? You're you're taxed for 24 hours? I'd be on drugs, too. I know. Pretty sure the end of the second season for me cuts off a dude's hand, too. Oh, yeah? Like, that's his thing. Yeah, or maybe like kills a dude and he's like, "Get me a saw." And he's gonna cut off his hand because they need the hand for something. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. All I know is that this episode just perfectly sums up how I feel about twenty four. <laughs> and this, hopefully, this uh, episode that we're gonna record tonight will basically that plan us. <laughs> It'll be cathartic for you there, Chris. Yes, I can get all my two twenty four angst out. So obviously, I'm the resident twenty four expert. Um, uh-huh. Of this gathering, and I'd hazard a guess of our of our entire podcast group. Um, I have seen every season of Twenty Four at this point. Um, I don't think I started watching it from the beginning. I want to say I had a friend who turned me on to it. That was like, "Oh, you should totally check this out." Like I remember being mildly curious about the central conceit of the format, but not enough to really seek it out. And then one of my friends was like, "Oh yeah, you should totally check it out." So I want to say that I. Uh, started watching it with like the third season after having watched the first two on DVD or maybe I watched the first one on DVD and then started with the second. It really doesn't matter. But then I watched it from that point forward and right around the time this season, this episode season, season four was when I kind of stopped watching it because I was genuinely enjoying it and started watching it more, not like hate watching it, but more like camp watch like it was campy and it was Mm -hmm. it became more about like less oh my god what's gonna happen how's jack gonna get out of this one but the show had developed like a format and a language and a bunch of like internal tropes and so you were watching be like who's gonna be the mole at ctu this season because there's always a mole at ctu and who's gonna be the dumbass that lets the bad guy get through the perimeter because they always have porous perimeters. <laughs> no one does a perimeter like CTU. Right? You know, who's gonna, you know, what are the three stages of the terrorist threat gonna be? Because it's always like, round about episode seven or eight, we switch gears and now it's a new bad guy who is the awesome boss of the first bad guy and stuff like that. You know, who's, uh, who's gonna come back that they that left in an earlier season or and died shot yeah or who's gonna so it's like they have all of these sort of like internal tropes and story beats that they repeat every season and so you just start watching for you know what what are they gonna do this time with those beats and just to kind of see like how crazy and over the top is it gonna get because they constantly were trying to outdo themselves and then once it like goes super crazy, you're like, okay, how are they going to reel it back in and still make it intense, but not as batshit insane as it was when a nuke went off in a California city and no one seemed to care. <laughs> I was going to bring that up. That's one of the things I heard about was that at one point, this is past this season, right? This is like near the Correct. end. Correct. Yeah. Uh, that a nuke yeah. actually goes off in the US. And, and actually, uh, we will, Austin and I both watch Arrow. I think Chris, no, Christy does not, right? No. But uh, they had a nuke storyline where a town got nuked, and I'm just like, I don't think anyone can really comprehend the scope of what it'd mean to the U.S. if a nuke went off, like, in right. a city. 
And David, I'll, I'll this this will be a frame of reference for you. As little as Arrow has paid lip service to the notion that a city was detonated, you know, mm-hmm. wiped off the planet by a nuclear bomb, they've done it more and better than Twenty Four did <laughs> when they wiped a city off the face of the earth with a nuclear bomb. It was like episode six of the sixth season, and it was like their big yeah. first act conclusion. And then it was like, oh, well, we still have other terrorist stuff to stop. Well, so. yeah, they still have another, like, you know, mm-hmm. 10 or so hours. You know, they got they got other <laughs> things they got to do. Uh, you know, no. it's only hour six to 24. <laughs> like, it'd be yeah. such a, everything would come to a halt. Like, right. Yeah, I don't, and I don't, you, like, I, I'm, tr- I'm just, acting like I could imagine it, and, like, I guess what I'm trying to right. say, it's unimaginable what we'd be like, you know, because it'd be like, right. oh, I don't know, I'm throwing out a number, like, a hundred times worse than 9-11, and think about what 9-11 did, oh, yeah. you know? Right, right. I mean, that pretty much brought the whole U.S. to a standstill. <laughs> yeah, for, like, yeah. And imagine, weeks Imagine that, but with a nuclear bomb. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so it's, it. yeah, and that's, and that's the season that's generally considered sort of the the real jump there. Everybody makes fun of uh, Jack's daughter being attacked by a cougar in the second season <laughs> um, with, with good cause. But uh, the, the nuclear bomb going off in season six is kind of the jump the shark moment. And then everything that comes after that is very much like a, okay, is this going to be more or less insane than blow up, <laughs> than detonate a nuclear bomb? And how are they going to try to do that? And so, yeah, so I've watched 24, but I, I don't know that I'd call myself like a, crazy super fan or thing. I also have a weird relationship with 24 because it's like an uber conservative show in that conservatives love it. Mm-hmm. And um, as everybody I'm sure has figured out by now, we're pretty liberal around here. Yeah. And uh, it's one of those where like conservatives watch it and they love it. Cause it's like, it's Jack Bauer. He takes no prisoners. He tortures people and he gets the job done. And that's the way it's supposed to be. And I'm very much not a proponent of torture as a, Useful interrogation tool, but at the same time, it's fiction, and you, the audience, know the bad guys are bad in a way that that real people in the real world don't know. And I guess it's kind of like how I love Batman, but I wouldn't want someone in the real world to take you know justice into his own hands and be a vigilante. But that doesn't mean that I can't enjoy a good Batman story. Yeah, I think the difference is not that I think like 24 caused Trump to get elected or anything, but mm. the real problem is when you start skewing and skewing closer to realistic, I feel like a lot of people start watching this and thinking like oh, like almost like this fiction is proof that torture works or something, you know. Right, right. Which, you know, is just not right. And you really shouldn't view any fiction like that. You know, fiction is never proof of the, reality yeah non-fiction no. you know <laughs> like you can never point to yeah. but i think it can influence people sometimes and sometimes for the negative especially when you see you closer which brings me to my next question is so ctu is what the counterterrorism unit or my way off nope that's exactly what oh, it is. awesome i Gosh, got that figured that one out fast. i know <laughs> but it, that's not a real government agency right correct that is a fabricated agency for yes. the purpose of this show and for well, see, I just never like when shows just like, especially shows that are supposed to skew more in the real side of things like G.I. Joe, whatever. You can create your own G.I. Joe <laughs> unit and have the RZA show up and I'll <laughs> laugh at it like anybody else. But when you're trying to skew closer to like, oh, this is like real people 
fighting terrorism? Like, why do you need to create your own unit that suddenly can play by its own rules that just suddenly... Because then it can play by its own rules. <laughs> you can do whatever well, you want. You can make them kill people in an office building and not see the consequences <laughs> in a 24-hour period. Well, it's, it's worth making the distinction that CTU doesn't get to play by its own rules. Jack plays by his own. <laughs> yeah, I know. And one and one of the ongoing threads is always that there's a cost to Jack for that, be it personal or professional. And so even though he like wins the day, like saves the day and, and all that, even though he's got these like extreme take no prisoners methods, it does take a toll on him and rarely, if ever, like I think it maybe one season that ends with like a quasi happy ending for Jack. But for the most part, pretty much every season ends with like, yes, he's accomplished his goal, and so that's a win for him. But he's like, you know, his wife is dead. His child's he's, attacked by a cougar. His child's been attacked by a cougar. His child's been kidnapped. He's being hauled off to a Chinese prison. He has to fake his death and go into hiding. Like grandchild's been kidnapped. There's all kinds of uh, crazy stuff. I get that, that but happens. he could just be a part of the FBI and get the same story. And a- oh yeah, no, you totally could. And I'm sure they do it just. So that they don't have to have people being like, that's not really how the FBI does I it. Or, that's not how the CIA does it. Or they could learn it. how the FBI does it. But then you'd be like, this show's boring. Yeah, They're exactly. taking that's their time. They're trying to figure out who might actually be responsible before deploying yeah, agents. Exactly. Uh, and so the other thing 24 routinely gets criticized for, aside from its, its glamorization of torture, is its depiction of Muslim Americans, Arab Americans, uh, certainly not every season of 24 has uh, Islamic terrorists. Uh, it certainly has a lot of them. Season four is a notable one for having um, extreme Islamic terrorists as the main bad guys. And that's kind of what prompted this. some of the events in this particular episode. In this season, they were under fire from uh, an Islamic American representation group for the depiction, specifically the fact that early in the season, there's a uh, Muslim American family who turns out to be part of the main bad guys, like terrorist network. And so it's very much a, oh my God, your neighbors could be terrorists kind of a thing. Um, And so Kiefer Sutherland recorded a PSA that aired at the end of an episode, basically saying, you know, not all Muslim Americans are terrorists. And I thought that PSA was at the end of this episode, which was why I was like, hey, let's do an episode about this one. <laughs> um, and it and it didn't. It actually aired a few episodes prior to this. And then presumably the writers decided to follow that up with the subplot in this episode, sort of showing what Kiefer Sutherland told the audience in the PSA. Which, but it should be noted that in this episode, they just say they're Arab. We don't know what religion they are. That is that is true. They are specifically called out as being Arab Americans. Um, the PSA, I wrote it down that he recorded. Uh, yeah, I didn't like see it. This. I forgot to look it up. Yeah, I, I I had to dig it up more than I thought I would. But <laughs> said, hi, my name is Kiefer Sutherland, and I play counterterrorist agent Jack Bauer on Fox's <laughs> 24. Oh, thanks. I would like to take... Yeah, right? <laughs> I would like to take a moment to talk to you about something that I think is very important. Now, why terrorism is obviously one of the most critical challenges facing our nation and the world, it is important to recognize that the American Muslim community stands firmly beside their fellow Americans 
in denouncing and resisting all forms of terrorism. So in watching 24, please bear that in mind. So that just solves all of our problems right there. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So that was that was the very special episode hook right there was ending an episode with a PSA. But the episode that that aired at the end of really had no relevance <laughs> other than the fact that there were some Islamic terrorists in it. And so then I guess they did the subplot in this episode to sort of back that up. Is, is the idea? Yeah. Although it was very uh, subtle or soft-spoken. I don't know if subtle is the right term, but they really didn't hammer any point home. I'll put it that way. Yeah, there was no, you know, musical geek change <laughs> or wink at the audience or anything to kind of underscore. You'd have Or to... Jack be like, there's no way they're good guys. They're Muslim. You, you didn't see that? I totally saw that when Keith was like, <laughs> wink. yeah, guys. <laughs> they're Americans, too. Thumbs up. Wink. I was hoping they'd have to change Jack's mind about them. I'm like, uh, we hate them. They're Muslim. And then we're like, oh, Muslims are people, too. That would require Jack to have a flaw other than loving his country too goddamn much. <laughs> he tortures people. Uh, yeah, well, yes. Because he loves his, his country. country too damn much. <laughs> uh, so this episode starts, as all 24 episodes start, with a previously on mm-hmm. segment. And I noticed that this previously on is, like, super fucking long. Well, A, it's long. B, it doesn't really clear up a whole lot for me. I'll put it that way. No. The only thing it tells me is that an EMP is detonated, which we can get into. But then it also involved, like, scenes that I don't need to know. Like, right before they show the EMP detonate, like, Jack Bauer beats up a couple guards to get to it. And I'm like... (laughs) I didn't need to know how he got to the end. I mean, if I hadn't seen the episode, wrote, I'll assume he couldn't just walk, walk right in, but I don't need to see the karate chop. I wrote that down, too. I'm like, this has a lengthy previously odd, probably because they put a fight scene in it, and that doesn't seem necessary for, like, here's what happened in the previous yeah, episode. Oh, Jack can beat up people. I, I That helped. And then there's that guy, the older guy, who was like, oh, 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 he was a totally that guy for me. Mm-hmm. Then I find I, Paul, the guy that he's teamed up with. Uh, no, the old guy at CTU. I looked him up. He's uh, I forget his name. He's on the grinder. Secretary That's where Miller. I oh yes, that would be um, character actor William Devane. Yeah, playing Defense Secretary James Heller. Yeah, he's totally one of those that guys. I was like, oh. and the the grinder was his most recent. Uh, yeah, his most recent thing. That's what I remembered him um, from specifically when I was like, yeah. I can't even see scenes and i can't just place it in my head and then uh what's also hilarious is after they do the previously on the episode starts with a scene at ctu where pretty much everybody at ctu recaps everything that happened recently and so you get like double exposition dump right out of the bat well just in case you tuned in a little late you know right right so the general idea is that they went to this building that's in cahoots, that's like a military defense company that's in cahoots with the main terrorist bad guy. And they got, they found a file that's encrypted and they printed that file out. And in order to stop them from getting that file, this company set off this EMP, but luckily they were able to print the file first. So now the company's goons are trying to find the hard copy file and take it back from Jack and this guy named Paul that he's palling around with. 
Which, seriously, like, a piece of paper is, like, honestly, in this day and age, like, the most fragile thing <laughs> to be carrying around. Well, and they just have it, like, crumpled up in a pocket. Well, yeah, there's one part where, And like, it's encoded. Like, it's not even, like, this person did it or, yeah. you know, find this. It's, like, this total encryption thing that's going to take clearly somebody a long time to probably figure <laughs> well, out. Well, there's this one point. It'll take them less than what, however many hours are left in the day, I promise you I that. know, it better. <laughs> there's, like, one part where Jack, like, folds it into ace and then, like, slides it into his pocket like it's a note from school or something right. <laughs> like, there's just something so like mundane mm-hmm. about just folding up this critical document and shoving it in a pocket well a if you find yourself in a situation where you need to print something out to preserve it as in like you know the hard the you know software copy is going to go away so you need to print it out and run away from people you could print it multiple times. There's nothing wrong with, like, saying print ten yeah. times and then, you know. Print ten and even if you, like, have to run away from the goons with, like, the third copy, yeah. just grab it and go. Stash and, it a few yeah. places. There's ways to do it. Secondly, if this encryption is worth its salt at all, then there's no way in 24 hours or whatever amount of hours they have left they're going to decrypt it because. Oh, yeah. that's But that's because you don't work with Chloe O'Brien. <laughs> And even though she's not in this episode, she'll be coming back soon. I was going to say, Chloe didn't even show up. Like, no, she's I think, not working right now. If I remember correctly, she got, like, fired earlier in the season for something, and they're going to bring of her back. They're going to bring her back in because she's the only one that can break the encryption in time or something <laughs> like that. Breaking encryption isn't... <laughs> David, don't let your knowledge of computerisms <laughs> ruin this for us. It's just not very easy, I'll put it that way. It takes computers brute force, usually. Unless you can yeah. somehow find the key that you need to unencrypt it, but that's a whole different... That'd be espionage. Right, I, fe- I feel like more often than not, it has less to do with someone being really good at encryption mm. as it does someone having access to a lot of high-powered computers. That, exactly. You know, run, all the, and, yeah, right. run all the different and, scenarios and, I, and stuff. And I guess, fun fact, there's ways to really make <laughs> your encryption powerful, which is like, you can encrypt something, then encrypt it again, and then encrypt it again. And, you know, every time you encrypt it, right. it gets more, right. more and more harder to decrypt it. And there's actually laws about how much you can encrypt things, because... The government wants to be able to decrypt stuff is basically the short version. Like, right. Like they right. want to be like, well, we want to be able to decrypt things in like three weeks at least. So you can't do any more encryption than something, you know. But anyways. Yeah. So the the guy that the Jack was teamed up with, he's getting beat up by some goons. I was going to go before that just because this will get in the other thing that was bothering me throughout the episode. So I had to stop it and look it up was it looked like uh, Jack was right next to the MP when it exploded or whatever. Yes. yes, he was. That bothered me. Okay, <laughs> I was going to ask you: Have you ever dealt with the EMPs? Like, is it really like that? Like well, major? Well, I mean, it was like a e- bomb going off. EMPs. A, I think the idea of them as like something that's used in any sort of real capacity is kind of a myth. Like, it's it's not something you just kind of whip up in your backyard or whatever and be like, let's launch an EMP. Right. It they well, a EMP is a very generic term. Like lightning is considered an emp this is stuff i kind of just looked right. up so it's not all smart. and emps are generally created by some form of reaction and explosion especially if it's a man-made i said you just looked this up you're not a terrorist uh, yeah 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 it's not like i have a couple sitting in my room or anything you know <laughs> waiting for the right moment well no because they're apparently as huge as like a small volkswagen bug <laughs> <laughs> the thing was ginormous <laughs> 
Well, it's like the most common... Ah, I shouldn't say the most common. I act like I know more than I do. I know nuclear bombs can create an EMP, too, or do. And, like, something you right, can do is, like, right. detonate them above the sky and then create, like, an EMP that would, like, wipe out a city. But then it might also create a radioactive fallout, too, which probably kind of right, defeats purpose. Right. But I'm like... And I think, so from what I was reading, also, like, EMPs as, like, a weaponized EMP... There's not a ton of information out there because a lot of it's just classified by the government because <laughs> they're the ones who are, of course, building these things. But right, it's right. hard for me to believe that Jack would survive that. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Because even if it's as... Po- well, he was behind the door. <laughs> <laughs> that, med- that metal door thing that he was crouching behind that, you know, mm-hmm. was like... As it went off. And I'm like, the human body, I'm like... we. We rely on electricity ourselves, and if this thing is really messing up with electronics and you're that close to, like, the epicenter of it, I'm like, couldn't it just cause, like, weird brain activity or something? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, like electric shock therapy almost? Yeah, yeah. just, you know, you're going to mess stuff yeah. up, you know, and I don't know. Yeah. Or right. maybe you yeah. need an explosion anyways, and you just be in the blast radius. But So I got yeah. really off track when I started like what is an EMP and I tried to look it up like I knew the <laughs> like the tried to look it up theory, and then yeah. the government came and <laughs> I know I had and... to get I was just watching 24 and they're like oh yeah we get that all the time <laughs> <laughs> so Paul the guy that's with Jack he's getting beat up by the goons and they slam his fingers in a drawer he's getting tortured so these are the good guys then right yeah, well, no, everybody tortures David. Good guys, bad guys. <laughs> okay. It's, it's a so, torture banana. So this torture shouldn't, <laughs> this is a neutral action then. Like, we, we we don't care about the fact that they're torturing him because torture is fine. Well, we care about the fact that they're torturing him because they're bad. <laughs> oh, okay. And they're using torture. So torture is fine if you're good and you're torturing it for the purposes of good. If you're bad and you're using torture for nefarious purposes, then it's bad. And the other thing I learned this episode, it's okay for a good guy to torture a good guy in the name of good too, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, as long as the torture, the ends justify the means, <laughs> and as long as the ends are good, doesn't matter what you're torturing. It cancels out the torture. Exactly. Yeah, all right. So he gets so he gets his fingers broken, and then Jack powers his way in and kills the guys, <laughs> and then they go and they get the piece of paper from where Paul had hit it earlier between episodes. That's one of those like you never actually see that and you're sort of like, did he really have the time to do that? But it gets mm-hmm. lost in the shuffle between the previous episode and this episode. Well, and I just want to point out that Paul seems to be like gimping along, like he got shot. But as far as it seemed like they he only just broke just, his hand. They, I mean, yeah, <laughs> they busted up his hand. They might've kicked him a few times, but I mean, he's like, Jack, I need you to help me. I yeah. Can't go on. And it's like, Dude, two seconds ago, you just moved your head to the side and let Jack shoot somebody. You clearly were able to comprehend that. You're able to walk out of the building. (laughs) It is a little unclear just how beat up he is. Yeah, he seems fine later in the episode. And I guess, to Christy's point, and having not seen this season at all, I assumed some really bad stuff happened to him in the previous episode to warrant him being as gimpy as he was. Like, I thought maybe he had been shot, you know? Well, right. I don't know. Jack was near an EMP blast. He just walked around five. So. He just got superpowers. <laughs> so then we go back to CTU, and the smoldering Tony brings his ex-wife slash new boss, along with the audience, up to speed. And then the two of them, the two of them fight. 
and then she security clearance level shames him. <laughs> and then Audrey throws some shade at Michelle, Tony's ex-wife. And then we hear about looting going on in the wake of the EMP. And this whole scene is basically just like more exposition after they previously had exposition after previously on segment. All right. There's a lot to unpack there. Hey, there was the line. <laughs> so they got the ex-wife and the ex-husband, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the ex-wife says, like, the last time I saw you, you were sober enough to keep a job. Yes. And then he says, so that was six months ago. And I'm like, uh-huh. that that warrants a heavy yes and. I'm like, six months of sobriety <laughs> yes, right? doesn't really mean a whole lot. I'd be like, oh, that was six months ago when I was like. Uh, I know. I'm like, come on. Six months ago? Really? And you're apparently back at your job and everything's just yeah, a yeah. story? Like, yeah, you can't judge what, me for what, what I, I did six months ago. <laughs> I'm like, no. And what's fact- the deal? I'm sorry, smoldering Tony. Like, what? Everybody seems to have a hard on for Tony in this. Tony in is awesome. This well. whole series, and I don't understand it. And again, maybe it's because I never started watching it from the beginning. But I, he does nothing for me. Yeah, no, Tony. Tony is like he started off in the first season as almost like an like a a non terrorist antagonist for Jack because he was like under him at CTU and he thought Jack was up to no good. And then he, become, he started making trouble in his neighborhood. <laughs> and then he, uh, but he ends up becoming like Jack's buddy and bails him out of all kinds of problems. And he's basically like a less torture prone, less gets the glory version of Jack. So, A, another A. I think I already had one A. Mm-hmm. But this is the second one. <laughs> uh, when Tony did come on the screen, it moved a bit. I got to admit, you know, I was like, ooh. Okay. ooh. <laughs> uh, but, and now, secondly, I should get this out of the way, too. What city are they in? L.A. L.A. is that where Jack is? Anyways. Yeah. So you got it. The city, like, the city that was hit with the EMP is Los Angeles. Los Angeles, all right. But. Yeah. When you're talking about a series or a movie, or any sort of narrative that deals with international espionage, and EMP was just detonated in L.A., terrorists are trying to do something nefarious, everything's going to shit. The one thing, Mm -hmm. the one thing I don't want to hear a lick about is relationship drama. Well, (laughs) then 24 is not the series for you. I thought he was going to say looting. (laughs) No, there's nothing more fucking unrealistic than relationship drama getting in the way of, like, a nuclear bomb is around and we need to resist it. You're going to be like, oh, but I can't work with them. They're my ex-wife, you know? You you work with a lot of dudes. You have, what, a couple women? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. You, you don't work with a bunch of women, okay? And CTU apparently is chock full. There's quite a few there. There are. And there's yeah. clearly one in charge. So drama is going to be happening. Yes, drama it's will happen. Side eye. Not when an EMP <laughs> is detonated in the middle of Los Angeles. That's when drama doesn't happen. That's when everyone gets their shit together and be like, we got to figure this out before we worry about anything else. In the same way that after you run away from a dinosaur... And you just barely survive. You don't start making out with the person next to you. Because, frankly, I think sex is not the first thing on your mind. You're like, I'm glad I wasn't eaten by a dinosaur. You're so glad you make out with the person <laughs> nearest you. After they call, they're both of you catch your breath and you stop <laughs> vomiting from the fun yeah. you just did. <laughs> I just think- Look, David, what better time is there to resurrect a 
years old failed marriage <laughs> than in the middle of a terrorist crisis. <laughs> I know. It's like that's the exact opposite time that relationship drama happens just in general <laughs> when like think about you know like 9-11 you know how many people were worried about what their ex was doing at that point you know a lot <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure quite a few were like i wonder if my ex was on that plane or in that building well true but then you're actually worried about it right you're not now. like I oh like i really I hope them. i really hope i got in the last word on that argument uh, yeah, no, that's one of the, uh, spoiler alert, when Jack Bauer isn't torturing people, we're dealing with relationship crap back at CTU, <laughs> and, um, that's one of the more apparent failings of the real-time mechanism, which is that modern TV writers don't know how not to resort to relationship drama as a B-plot well. And so that's what they do in this show. Like it's a normal mm-hmm. show, except that the whole extreme stakes and shortened time span would in all reality pretty much cut the crap on any sort of relationship drama. No, yeah, I could have said it better myself that the problem isn't that like every off, you know, <laughs> office, whatever group of people are going to have relationship drama, but it's not when the shit's hitting the fan. And this is just in such a concise period when there's no time for, there's no off time for these people to actually worry about their drama. They'd be like, go, go, go the entire time for this 24 hours. I mean, that's why I forgive it on the whole sleep thing. Like, no one's taking a nap because I think they're all just so flush with adrenaline. Yeah, amped up that they're not going to worry about sleep. Although I do wonder when they flash back to CTU and some of the people are just sitting at their computer, I'm like... Once it's on, like, hour 18 or 19, if I'm just sitting at my computer, I might just fall <laughs> flat on my face, you know. But, you know, to Jack fair, Bauer's To out be fair, David, you're falling asleep at your computer when it's, like, hour two. <laughs> well, that's true. But I'm not amped up either. Uh. <laughs> that's true. That's true. No, but if they if they were realistic about it and didn't have any of this relationship drama, then you'd have a TV show that didn't have relationship drama. <laughs> and that's just, you just can't do that. David. I suppose you're right. But you have to keep in mind that when these um, drama episodes are happening, there's also not a whole lot happening immediately in that area. It's not like there is um, a, yeah, an immediate situation that they have to deal with. They're waiting to hear from Jack. They're waiting for this. Yeah, and they're like, so while we're waiting for getting... Jack, let's talk about our relationship. <laughs> exactly. Saying... It's like, and that happens in in office spaces. I mean, the women are but not after EMT is detonated in the middle of LA. No. That's when you're like on your phone, making sure people you know are all right. Like if you have time, if you have downtime that isn't let's catch the terrorist. You're like let's make sure our people are all right. You know, let's see what's going on. You know, you're checking the news feed, seeing what people are saying. You know, these are steely eyed professionals. The only family they have are. <laughs> Also family or ex-family that are operating around CT. Yeah. And you'd be on, I guess at this time, you'd be turning on CNN or Fox News. I guess that's what CTU right. would turn but on. But they, you know? they advise CNN, so <laughs> they already know. They make the news. Well, yeah. you got to make sure they're not getting out of line, though, you know? Uh, so at 7.10.03, we check in <laughs> with our main villain of this season. Not that anything in this specific episode necessarily... Uh, tells you that, but uh, he is the main bad guy, and he is played by Arnold Vuslu, dun, dun, who dun. was the mummy in the Brendan Fraser mummy movies. Mm. 
So this is always the season that I remember as the mummy season. <laughs> what if he turned out to actually be a mummy this season? That would be fantastic. <laughs> it would totally bring up this whole se- season. <laughs> right, right. And uh, yeah, this is one of the rare 24 seasons where he's pretty much the bad guy from start to finish. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask um, you. Which... I thought 24 is like M.O. was that the person they present. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Sports noises. I know, I pushed the wrong button. That's what I was going to say, that uh, I thought 24's M.O. was they present a villain early on, and that would never be the actual villain of the season. Yeah, that is that the is what they yeah, yeah that is what they usually <laughs> do. And they kind of did that in this season, in that, like, the, the initial villains that you meet, you don't know, like, who they're working for. But you eventually find out that it's this guy, and this guy remains sort of the central threat. And there's some people... I feel like I can never quite get a read amongst 24 fans if this is consistently considered a good season or a bad season. I feel like there's some people who are like, oh, the fact that it's one villain throughout, that makes it really good. Whereas I feel like it detracts from it because it this is really a bad season for stretching credibility in terms of just how often they almost have this guy and then he slips away. And when you have like multiple villains can actually have like one of them get captured and it's like oh but the threat's not over yet and and that can get hackneyed too but you just kind of have to have a balance of it i guess yeah whatever makes sense uh, with the story i suppose yeah right so the mummy shows up at a restaurant and he calls some ginger dude who gets out an airport an air pilot uniform ominously and we go to commercial was that an airport uniform i thought it was military Uh, yeah it was like an air force uniform i think is the idea well, airport and airport yeah, no, are you're right. two different you're, things. You are correct. It was, I believe, an Air Force uniform. Yeah. Uh, so then after the commercial, we come back and it's seven fifteen fifteen. Time jump. And yeah, there was our. That's when Jack was taking a piss. David. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I give it some leeway. But... <laughs> and CTU detects a chopper heading into the building where Jack and Paul are. And they assume that that's some more hired goons coming to shut down Jack and Paul. And the two of them are now out on the street trying to escape the building. And the chief goon briefs his mercenary goon team. And he's like, there's some people and we're going to kill them. And they're like, okay, I guess that's fine. You're the boss. You write our checks. <laughs> there was at least a second where like, the head sub-goon was like, oh... That maybe doesn't seem like a... Yeah, why am I like, killing them? He's like, why am I killing a federal so agent? So I will, I will give at least some, you know, uh, props to the writers for at least writing a little empathy into, yeah. you know, one of the bad guys that maybe this isn't and, a great thing and to the do. Head, and the head goon was basically like, oh, he's a traitor who stole classified information and that's why we're going to kill him. And you might laugh about that, but I mean, in today's political climate, all it takes is for any person in power to be like, no, that's a lie. What I'm saying is the truth, and that's just the way the world is. I just question whether this guy would have the authority to say whether a uh, person can live or a federal agent could live or die. <laughs> like, are these guys <laughs> well, just, like, hired security? Is that... Yeah, I think the idea is that this is... So it's a defense contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like... It's it's a defense contract. It's basically like... Uh, um, what was the security company in, in Iraq that Cheney had ties to? Yeah, Halliburton or or Hal? Yeah, I mean that it's this is basically like former military guys that they've hired as security slash mercenaries and all that kind of stuff. 
I know. I it, it's all a bit suspect to me, but you know. Whatever. Right. It is. It is. And so as as they're out on the streets, wait, wait. Uh, we have to point out that the chief goon decides he's not just gonna watch. He's joining. Oh the yeah, man. no, he's he <laughs> straps on a vest, gets his gun out. He's all set to go. Yeah, he is a uh, he is a follow me leader, not a uh, stand behind and tell you what to do kind of guy. Yeah, I guess that what's really suspect to me is I'm thinking about is that these hired like security guys are doing clearly illegal operations in the middle of like an urban city and. I think they just wouldn't but, do that for their own sake more than anything else, you know. But it's dark in that urban <laughs> All right, oh. yeah. yeah I, I retract man. my argument. <laughs> Once the lights go out, all bets are off. <laughs> and but, but we're not entirely in the dark because in the roughly 15 minutes since the EMP went off, apparently LA's been lit on fire because <laughs> there's know, like there's flames everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and look, I, I get it. There's going to be some loot, some looting and rioting going on, but it seems like it sprang up awfully fast. Well, that's the whole Republican attitude of like everyone's a monster unless you're like tightly reined in and like mm-hmm. chained up. Uh, and it's also another example of of playing with the the time. In yeah, that that... it's only been 15 minutes in the story, but for the audience, it's been like a week since that episode mm-hmm. ended. So, like, even in your mind. The fact that something that maybe took longer than 15 minutes happened, you're sort of subconsciously okay with because it's not happening in real time. Yeah, because literally, if it's 15 minutes, when you think about it, an EMP goes off. They don't have, like, cameras in there. So, like, all news outlets would be working to get cameras there to see what's even going mm-hmm. on. And I don't even know if they could exactly. do that in 15 minutes. If if all the yeah. stuff they would have had in L.A. is already taken out, you know, and then... And they'd still, like, the news stories would be like, something happened in L.A., what the hell just happened? We're trying to check right, it out, you know. Right. Fifteen minutes in, yeah. you know, three, four, five hours in is when they start talking about looting and fires and all that. Yeah. So Jack is like, we need to find some kind of weapons. And he sees a nearby sporting goods store, and he bowers his way inside. <laughs> well, they shoot finds... at him, like, without any <laughs> hesitation. <Yeah. laughs> Yeah, they approach it and they get shot at and then he's like, I'm putting my gun down and then he's like, psych, and barrels through the door. And inside are two Arab-American brothers Mm -hmm. and he gives them the broad strokes about their situation and he's like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm taking control of your store because you have a lot of guns and I need them. And the two brothers put their heads together and decide that they're going to prove they're good Americans and despite always getting the blame for any terrorist act that goes on anywhere, they're going to defend their home. Well, to be clear, Jack Bauer, they wanted, they're like, we need to discuss this. And Jack Bauer says, all right, but stay where I can see you. So they just kind of step back and talk. <laughs> then he immediately turns their ba- his back to them. Right? <laughs> I'm like, well, you can't see him if you just turned around, Jack Bauer. Why do you care what they're doing? Well, and he was still carrying Paul the Gimp along with him I... the whole way. So it's like, man, if Paul could just... You know, sucked it up and ran a little bit. They probably would have been okay. But and they make the comment that uh, they were the first to get hit with the looting because they're Arab, which I guess maybe explains why maybe the whole city isn't a wash in looting. It's just the people <laughs> that know there's some Arabs nearby, and they're like, "Let's go loot them." I suppose. Or it could have I been don't... the fact that they were looting a sporting goods store that apparently had like clothing items and guns i didn't really see a lot of sports equipment guns are sporting equipment well yes but i mean i didn't see did you see a golf club because no, they're all looted christy people are like i want to play my golf 
they took all the golf clubs already. <laughs> uh, and then at one point, Jack's like, they so they decide that they're going to stay. And he's like, well, I can't guarantee your safety, but I can't force you off your own property. I'm like, I can take your property and use it to my advantage, but I can't force you off it. <laughs> and, and A, I feel like they, they're going to get into a firefight. You can't just have random civilians get into a firefight and be like, oh, it's all right. Just start shooting and asking questions. Secondly... These guys, these uh, two brothers are very quick to trust Jack Bauer. <laughs> he, he showed them a badge. <laughs> yeah. And, but and you he know, said in a very authoritative voice, I am like, a what? federal government agent. He, <laughs> 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 he shows a badge, yes. But then uh, people can get badges, and frankly, the people they're attacking look <laughs> a lot more official than Jack Bauer does. And I'd be like, they do because they have like all their tacky or their night vision stuff. And I'm like, maybe this guy's the terrorist, is what I would think. Like, <laughs> like maybe use that badge to set off this EMP. Look, they don't send Jack Bauer in it just because he's good at his job. It's because he's so trusting. Yeah, it's because he mean, looks like Kiefer Sutherland. Who wouldn't want to run away with Jack Bauer, you know, and just, sure, yeah. here, take my property. Just get lost in his eyes. Have my life. Oh, totally. <laughs> so we come back from commercial at 72648. And uh, the old guy from the grinder mm-hmm. is telling somebody on the phone that he thinks it's a good idea to keep the president in the air for the time being, which is foreshadowing for future episodes. Is the old guy from the grinder and... a bad guy? No, he's a good guy. Okay. He becomes the president in the later season. Mm. So then he takes some time out of his busy schedule to talk to his daughter, Audrey. Oh, I didn't know she was his daughter. Yeah, they don't, they don't establish that. That conversation is kind of creepy. No, <laughs> yes, because he takes some time out of his busy schedule to rationalize the fact that Jack, who was banging Audrey when the season started, tortured Paul, the guy he's with at the sporting goods store, earlier in the day, and she doesn't feel real great about that, and she's having a hard time having sexy thoughts about Jack because he tortured her ex-husband. Who better do you want to talk to about that than your dad? <laughs> in the in the middle of an EMP crisis uh-huh. in downtown LA. Where they both could be potentially kidnapped, killed, you know, or injured in that dead zone. So, A, Paul's having a really bad day, I'm realizing. Yes. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> Secondly, it's a so he tortured him to make sure he wasn't a bad guy, right? Is that the they, short yeah? As I as I recall, they found evidence that implicated him, and so Jack basically tortured him, and in the course of that torture, determined that he was not involved, and that the evidence pointed somewhere else, and so then they basically had like a no hard feelings kind of a situation. <laughs> It seems like every series or every season in this series that they much like always have somebody that is, you know, a, a, a mole. mole. <laughs> there is like always somebody that's accused then, oh no, whoops, we made a mistake or in CTU, not let alone somebody that, oh. that is a family member that is accused and brought in and tortured or something happens to him. Yeah, Chrissy, you can't have a good who's the mole in CTU <laughs> plot if you don't also have a, hey, we think it's this person, just kidding, it's not, as part of it. Well, and just the same way as, oh, it could be your brother. Oh, no, wait, we were just kidding. It's yeah. your mother. Yes. So what would have happened if Paul said he was the mole 
just to get the torture to stop. We'd never hear or see Paul again. (laughs) (laughs) Are you suggesting that torture isn't a viable (laughs) intelligence gathering tool, David? I'm just saying they'd assume he's the mole, think everything's good, and it turns out it wasn't. He just was sick of getting his, like, fingernails pulled out from him or something, or... Mm-hmm. That perhaps there are reasons people admit to things, and it's not because they actually did those things. It actually can happen. Right. That's not what happened here. <laughs> he, he was, he, he was, he was innocent, and the torture proved it. And now he's pounding <laughs> around with Jack. Torture works again. Who? Let's be clear. Not only tortured him, but is also stooping his ex-wife. <laughs> yep. But he'll so still like take a bullet for him. Spoiler. But he'll still take a bullet for him. Yep. Uh, and then elsewhere at CTU. Uh, the evil queen from Once Upon a Time is mad because she got tortured earlier as this season's Who's the Mole? We think it's this person, psych just kidding character. And the old boss, because another thing 24 does is cycle through heads of CTU <laughs> about two or three times in the course of the day. And so right now they're on their third head of CTU. <laughs> and the evil queen is like, well, the first head of CTU was like, Sorry we tortured you erroneously. I'm going to give you some more money for that. And the new head of CTU is like, fuck you, and drops her like a bad habit because she doesn't want people worrying about their fucking pay grade while all this terrorist stuff is going on, and she's fighting with her ex-husband. And I'd say that no one would fucking worry about their pay grade when all this terrorist stuff is going on. <laughs> Although I didn't know she was tortured, so maybe I'd be a little pissed too if I just got tortured. <laughs> yeah. and I'd be like, why am I defending this country that just tortured me for no reason? And uh, before, when, when she's like, you know, going to fire her, and she's like, you can't fire me. I'm juggling active protocols, which is like one of those bits of CTU speak where like people talk about Star Trek and how they'll have techno babble, and it's like, the such-and-such such engine is failing. Mm-hmm. We need to increase the made-up power by 10%. Uh, 24 likes to do that, too, with, like, vague-sounding security words. And they're like, we need you to go look through the active protocols and blah, 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 blah. And you're like, I have no idea what that means, but it sounds like it makes sense. <laughs> you just yeah, so then it. she goes and pulls sad puppy dog Tony out of the corner, who's, like, sitting behind a desk just <laughs> every so often, like, you know, every three seconds, <laughs> looking over his shoulder at, at Michelle and everybody else, like, hey, guys, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'd like to be part of this. Yeah, we get a big, uh, we just... get a, a quick cutaway. <laughs> you wouldn't argue <laughs> about your salary at that moment. It wouldn't happen, <laughs> especially if you were just told. You probably would believe it until your next paycheck and be like, wait, why aren't I in the higher pay grade? Right, right. I mean, it's one of those where, like, I don't know what Michelle can do <laughs> to satisfy her. Like, if she just says, like, mm-hmm. you're right, I will honor the agreement of my predecessor and you will be bumped up two pay grades, like, would that be good enough for her? How is that any different than what she has on the table right now? Well, well, what's the problem with Michelle just saying? Sure, yes. sure, sure. <laughs> I know. Well, yep, sounds good. Well, I'll follow through with that and sign everything after this is all over. So that that person, and then she just gets back on. And said no, she has to argue with her about it. Yeah. And say, we'll deal with it later. And then it like fires her up and then they have a whole argument. And then she's fired. And it's like. I think the proper yeah. response would be like, Holy fuck, you were tortured? We're going to have to review our standards and practices and get back to you. But no doubt there will be some reparations for this in- incredible breach of your civil liberties. Look, uh, well, David? And, and her predecessor, <laughs> the daughter died, right? 
Like yeah, her, her daughter, prede- her predecessor's daughter was like died. schizophrenic or something. And so like, that's why she left. So it's not like it was like, oh, we feel like this person's better for the job. It was like <laughs> the woman had to quickly leave under duress and, mm-hmm. and sudden grief. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, David, when you're in the middle of a terrorist crisis <laughs> and America's threatened, there's two things that you have to do. All bets are off as far as torturing civilians and your own employees. <laughs> And it's time to go through your relationship status with fellow employees. <laughs> uh, so we get a quick cutaway to the goons closing in on Jack while he and the good Arab Americans prepare for a siege. And then we're back at CTU and Michelle has to go eat some crow and bump Tony up to replace the evil queen that she just fired. Yeah, doesn't it? Oh, the other thing I was going to say about the evil queen whole thing was part of it felt a touch sexist to me. And I know it was a yeah. woman on woman, but it, it felt, part of it felt like bitches be Giggity. crazy, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> like women oh, always man. asking for more pay, even though they think they're doing equal work. And <laughs> like, apparently, Tony gets tortured and he's cool with it, but this woman she can't handle getting a little roughed up. Uh, so, Tony is basically like, I have a bromance with Jack, so I'm going to tell you everything. He's doing right now, and he's a hundred percent right. Yeah, but of Michelle's she like, is. I, I don't care. I'm not going to do what you tell me. And one of the really annoying things about this scene is Tony's like, right now Jack's doing X, Y, and Z, and he's totally right. And you're like, oh, okay, this is, you know, I get it. Tony knows how Jack thinks, and then Tony says, I know how Jack thinks, and you're <laughs> like, okay, you showed us that, and then you told us, and the only thing worse than telling instead of showing is showing and then telling because you don't trust your audience. My biggest prom- problem was going into this scene, I'm thinking, okay, Jack's on the run from some bad guys. He gets holed up. He's going to have to fight his way out. It is what it is, you know. And then the scene says that uh, Tony's like, you know, what he's going to do is he's going to start a firefight so we're going to know where he is and that's how we're going to be able to tell and go get him. And I'm like, so Jack's actual literal plan is to start a gunfight in the middle of an urban civilian area? Yes. <laughs> and and we're, David, we're okay with that? <laughs> Who cares? Bullets fly. Couple, uh, <laughs> couple, couple teenagers might get, you know, sh- caught in the collateral damage, but whatever. Did you see any, did you see any civilians wandering <laughs> around, David? Other than the two Arab Americans who are devotedly defending their home as is their rights as Americans. I did not. You're right. It, but but <laughs> Tony doesn't know there won't be innocents just wandering around looting. He just knows what Jack is going to do, and he's right. <laughs> because it's all for the greater good. If a couple apples get burnt, it's all for the greater good. That should be 24's motto. 24, for that's the all, greater good. Because that's good. all they care about. <laughs> Start a gunfight in the inner city. Who cares about it? I mean, in this episode alone, we at least already have like three dead people, you know, from the start. And the body count's only just going to go up from there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, back at the store of Good Americans, the attack starts. And that takes us into our next commercial. And then at 734.55, we come back and Michelle does some CTU jibber jabber at Audrey. And Audrey's like, by the way, Michelle, Tony is super awesome. And Michelle's like, okay, 
and goes over to Tony and is like, I'm sorry that I called you a drunk, even though you're kind of a drunk. <laughs> even and though you were drunk. That was six, six months, months ago. ago. <laughs> even though you were a drunk six months ago. Well, I had no evidence to suggest that you are no longer a drunk. <laughs> right, right. And he's smolderingly handsome about the whole thing. And then uh, we go back to the shop and we get some more talk about how Arab Americans are Americans too. And then Paul's all like, Jack, thanks for saving my life. I mean, after torturing me, but thanks for saving my life just now when I was also being tortured a second time today. And then the bad guys show up and we go to yeah, another commercial. He's, he's very indebted to Jack for saving him that second time, but I'm like, I feel like you're mm-hmm. equal now if he was tortured by Jack beforehand, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you, put, you put me into one torture, you took me out of another, we're he, square. Yeah, he doesn't owe Jack exactly. anything after that, right? And I also love at one point when, like, the goons are coming in and Jack has his little, like, it's like a pair of binoculars, but there's just one. And mm-hmm. it's not quite a telescope because it doesn't, like, telescope yeah. out. But uh, he has his little, like, eyesighter thing. And he's, like, looking through the crowd and he sees the bad guys come in. And then, like, as he spots someone, you're, the cam- the camera that we're watching is, like, through the lens of Jack's mm-hmm. little tool. And then it zooms in and then it cuts back to him watching it and he's holding it in one hand and you're like wait how did he zoom in <laughs> if he just has one hand on it mm-hmm. as fast as it did and they do that's one of their little camera techniques they do all the time and it cracks because it knows jack's it does jack's bidding it just knows yeah and then they, they they had a shot at a guy and then they didn't take it and i guess it's to draw more people there again he's he's starting a gunfight he's just really for, committed you know, to this like have as many bullets <laughs> fly in the civilian area as possible Yep, exactly. <laughs> greater good. The greater good. Uh, so then at 743.16, Tony smolderingly asks Audrey what she told Michelle about him and says, could you pass this note to Michelle that says, do you like me, circle one, <laughs> yes or no? Uh-huh. And then the two of them talk about their feelings for Jack and... She's like, I don't know. He tortured my ex-husband. And Tony's like, I know. And he took a desk job. That ain't going to fly. And then uh, Edgar, who's our male Chloe, is- picks up on the goon radio chatter, just like Jack was planning. Mm-hmm. And is, uh, as is Jack the Poochie of 24? That's that's just it. It is what it is. Like If Jack's out on speed, everyone has to be asking, <laughs> <Everyone's-> where's Jack? <laughs> Pretty much, okay. yeah. Uh, yeah. No, he's very much, I mean, he's very much a Mary Sue. I mean, that's, Mary Sue's maybe not the right term. He's mm. definitely, like, a poochie in terms of, if he's not on the screen, everyone's yeah. wondering, what is Jack? What's Jack doing? And he's just, the, he's the greatest at oh, everything, yeah. right? And he does no wrong. Yeah, he, except yes. he loves his country right. too much, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, the wrong he does is, like, all of the torture and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Which but that's so otherwise. And they need this body count. But yeah, if like you need him to be super good at something, he's super good at some at something. Unless Chloe's around to be super good at it for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we go back to the siege shop, and the goons attack, and we cut back to CTU, and they're like, they know where Jack is, and they know the firefight's happening, but it's going to take five to six minutes for the ground team to arrive, because everything happens super fast on twenty four, except when it doesn't. And then one of the guys who's totes an American gets shot, but not hurt because he was wearing his like protective vest that Jack told him to put on. Yeah, he had an and empty then, clip in there. Like they said, get a vest and put empty clips in it. 
Yeah, I think the idea is supposed to be that, like the bullets will bounce off the metal of the of the clips. Yeah, I just was surprised they just have empty clips hanging around, but maybe I don't know how that all works. Uh, they could uh, theoretically, I suppose they could have emptied them. I don't know. I still don't buy they that they'd actually stop. Those were some high powered rifles they were shooting with. Oh, I know the the goons have like you know super awesome high grade military machine guns mm-hmm. and. They're firing off, like, shotguns and stuff from the sporting goods store, but whatever. Uh, so, yeah, the, uh, the the goons get into the store, and Jack gets all, like, diehard, diving around behind the clothes racks, shooting people. <laughs> and then the goons have their night vision goggles, and so he's like, when they get close to you, use your flashlights to blind them. And they do that, and it's, you know. Yeah, awesome. Awesome, I guess. And uh, <laughs> through this through this whole thing, we basically cut back to CTU wringing their hands because they know what's happening, but they can't do anything about it. And this is a point where the uh, the chief goon says to the like head of the other goons, like, "Let's get in there and end this quickly." And I'm like, thanks, because I'm sure they were planning on drawing this out as long as possible. <laughs> like, that's a great little piece of uh, leadership yeah. there. Let's do this as fast as we can. Do so. Well, any minute, your lights could come back on. Yeah, any minute. News cameras could show up (laughs) to document the looting from these random helicopters flying in from nowhere. So then at uh, 7.53.54, CTU TAC teams have arrived on site, and over the radio, Tony smolderingly tells them that unlike all of those other times, this is the one time that failure is not an option. Because <laughs> it's Jack. Exactly. Yeah, I know. They and want then, the encrypted uh, message, too, which they should have printed more of. Yes. Like, you know. Yes, that is that is really why failure is not an option this time, unlike all those other times. I would think the nuclear bomb is when failure wasn't an option, but apparently it was. So, you know. <laughs> failure was an option on the table at that point in time. <laughs> Uh, so then CTU seemingly takes out the head goon in the store. Everyone assessed the situation really quickly when, like, CTU comes storming in. Because mm-hmm. CTU mm-hmm. looks suspiciously like the other guys to me when they came in, because they all uh-huh. had, like, their military oh, yeah. taxis. Uh, I think they were wearing blue. But, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were wearing dark blue, the <laughs> goons were wearing black. I mean, C- in the city of no lights, it's very clear which is yes. which. And CTU <laughs> shot that one head goon guy, but I'm like, what if he was the owner of the store? Did they know who owned the store? And the... The Arab people Again, who did own the store, did they good. know that those guys were CTU? Or what if they started shooting at CTU? Like, everyone seemed to be just completely on board with it. Like, assessed everything perfectly right at the right moment when this well, happened. And, and to your point, the the TAC team shows up at 753.54. And then at 755.50, we're told that the location is secure. <laughs> so in roughly two minutes they've managed to completely secure the location lock it down take care of the which is why everybody escapes on 24 because they only take two minutes to secure a location by secure it means we didn't check to see if anybody was breathing who we thought was dead too you know i don't don't know what you're talking about that head goon is totally dead (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and so then we're back at ctu and tony smolderingly informs michelle that the location is secure and then they're like I'm going to leave. No, you should stay. I think it's better if I leave. No, totally. You should leave. You should come here and stay and do some more BS personal crap. Mm -hmm. And Michelle asks Tony, like, does Jack have the file? He says, we don't know yet. 
Because apparently in those two minutes, while they were busy securing the location, <laughs> they didn't bother to turn to Jack and be like, so Jack, you still have that file that everybody wants? Well, and this, like, drives me, this, like, I practically <laughs> want to shout at the TV as I'm watching this, because I'm like, this, like, extra 30 seconds that continues to go on where we could have just answered all those questions <laughs> in one simple, like, 30-second thing where the, one of the head CTU guys comes in and is like, hey, okay, Jack, you okay? You're good? All right, do you have that info? Oh, you got it on you? Great. Okay, now I'm going to fucking call headquarters and, by the way, tell them all this information. Instead of saying, oh, I haven't asked him yet. Hold on. I'll make another phone call in 30 seconds. Or or when he's like, does Jack have the file? They could have said yes. And I think we could have pieced together that, okay, maybe there's some right, communication right? that happened that I probably didn't need to see because it'd be pretty mundane of, hey, Jack, do you have the file? I do. All right, let's call him up. Jack has the file. Well, the whole, like, the whole point of this scene is give Tony an excuse to go talk to Michelle so that then they can have their relationship BS because <laughs> that's really important right now. But I don't understand what the answer to the question does Jack have the file being no adds to the seat. <laughs> She'd be like, does Jack have the file? Yes. And then go on with your relationship BS. Like it doesn't make any sense to not go into it. And frankly, it's probably makes more sense to do it that way. Cause theoretically the tensions are eased at that point And you maybe right, like, feel oh, more good, relaxed to file. talk about other things instead of it's like, Oh shit, let's get back on drunk. the phone. See if he has the file. Uh, right. So at uh, seven fifty-eight fifteen. Jack tells the Arab Americans that he'll make sure their store gets fixed and shakes their hands and thanks them for being totally cool, totally American dudes. But then it turns out that that head goon that we thought was dead, he's not dead after all. (laughs) And he tries to shoot Jack, but Paul pushes him out of the way and takes the bullet. It's a bad day for uh, Paul. (laughs) For this Paul. is it really is. This is a really committed head goon right here. I had to tell you this because hey, what was he doing? Like, when, was he unconscious or was he just like sitting there? Like, what am I gonna do? Am I so? What was his plan? Can I like? Obviously, we know what his plan originally was, but so now he's down on the floor and people, I guess, think uh. he's dead. They clear the area without even like searching his persons for anything. <laughs> Well, they did show them going down and, like, picking up a gun. And I'm like, so did he walk in with two guns? Because the other one was pretty close to his other hand. And I'm like, they just missed that one? I guess. And so that's it. From now on, I'm going to walk in with two guns, (laughs) like a semi-automatic, and my one just little nine millimeter and just be ready to, like, go to town. (laughs) Should. Apparently it works. You get shot in the back, they might take your semi-automatic, but you still got your nine mil. Exactly. And I'm trying to put my place in this head goon. So whatever happens, happens. Now I'm flat on the floor, alive, and realizing, oh, people don't realize I'm dead. I have a lot of options at that point. None of them particularly good. I don't know what going after... Like, was he waiting to shoot Jack? And what did he think shooting Jack at that point was going to accomplish? Well, yeah, because the whole idea is... These, like, the ultimately, they're businessmen. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to stop Jack because he's going to expose their ties to the terrorists. Because he has the file. They because this he has isn't the a file. Jack's Jack, you know. He's not like Batman no, no, or something, the, right? You know, he's, right? Well, I mean, he, he has, is he Batman. I get it, but yeah. this guy doesn't realize that Jack is the Batman right. of the team. Right, but he has this file, and that mm-hmm. file is going to expose this company as being in cahoots with the terrorists. So they're like, we need to get the file back, and we're willing to kill Jack and anyone else to get it. Mm-hmm. But now they're in a situation where the rest of CTU has showed up, 
So even if you shoot Jack, you're not shooting the file. Yeah. There's all of these other guys now that will shoot you as soon as you shoot him, which is what happens. <laughs> and the file is still going to be in the hands of people who can then expose your connections to the terrorists. If you kill Jack and retrieve the file before anyone else finds out, you're golden. Yeah. Once other people get involved, the jig is up regardless. Your best bet at that point is to, like, surrender and he, not get shot. Yeah, you could well, hope not like that they all leave it. and just be like, all right, this place is good. Let's just leave with all these corpses. And then maybe you can sneak away. You probably should right. just surrender because they're probably going to figure mm-hmm. out you're alive and then try to strike a deal with them. You could kill yourself. Right. I mean, that's, I guess, an option. If you think, if you know enough about Jack, you'd be like, I'm just in line for a whole bunch of torture, and that doesn't seem like a great life to live. So. And I guess maybe he was just trying to shoot Jack out of vengeance. Like, <laughs> maybe. I, I mean, you that's, got, you that's where I day, get but back to you. This guy's really committed to just, like, really wanting Jack dead, mm-hmm. I guess, because he right. wasn't good and at it's important to anything. note, and the only reason I make the point is that, like, this is, he is not, like, an ideological terrorist. Like, yeah. this isn't... Like, he's not in this to, like, you know, hurt mm-hmm. America or anything. He's the employee of a company yeah. that is in cahoots well, for financial I, reasons. I think he's the security guy at yeah. the, the company. Yeah. And and the other thing is, it's like, it's not like it's, um, it's not like they printed off, like, a picture or, like, something that clearly had obvious names on it. Like you said, shooting yeah. Jack gets him nothing because it's not like Jack had time to decipher the cryptic coded yeah, exactly. message that we talked about earlier that, to probably yeah. take forever to decode. Right. And it's like, well, again, shooting him, what, you hoping to hit the paper that he kept in his breast <laughs> yeah. pocket and he'll bleed onto it? I don't, I mean, I don't know. It's yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Classic just... 24. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's solutions of having, before CTU shows up, Jack thinks he took care of everybody, but then this guy's still alive, and then he gets up, and then... Paul gets shot saving Jack, and then CTU shows up and takes care of this one guy. And then it makes sense because you're like, okay, this guy thought he could, you know, take out these, you know, sneak attack Jack and Paul and maybe take out the owners or just get what he needed and run out. But once you're surrounded by like 10 to 15 soldiers, you're, you, you yeah. give up or you're going to be dead. So, yeah. So then, as our stinger to this episode, uh, we go back to the mummy who calls the ginger pilot from earlier in the episode and says, tells him that the president is on a tight schedule, so get to it. And that's our big cliffhanger ending for this episode. But wait, you're not going to talk about the loving, touching moment that Jack and Paul share? <laughs> oh, you mean where he's I, like, I was pretty sure they were about ready to make out at any second, as yeah. he's cupping his face in his hand <laughs> like a lover and telling him tenderly, stay with me, Paul, stay with me. I and she was swear, a little more gruff, you I know. Stay with me. Stay with me. <laughs> I think what Paul says is, I owed you or something. Uh-huh. But what I heard was, I love sure. you. And I think it just makes the scene <laughs> a little better. <laughs> I know, when like they're having to fight Jack off so the medics can get in and take care of him, I'm I like, um... <laughs> Well, at first I thought, like, he died already. And that's where it's like, Jack doesn't care. But he was still clearly alive at the end of this episode, right? Yeah. And so Jack has to get the hell out of the way. Stop, like, having your emotional moment and let the people who know what they're doing do some Uh, stuff on this. On your your current lover's (laughs) ex-husband. Yes. I mean, unless they're really looking forward to a three-way. I'm not, yeah, I'm not judging whatever's going on here or what had (laughs) gone on, like, what what kind of marriage, what kind of relationship is, how open it is. That's all for them to decide. If they're all cool with it, I'm cool with it, you know? 
Uh, so, David, how effective was this episode in its purported message? <laughs> I don't even know what the message was. That torture it, is great it, for <laughs> all. Uh, <laughs> and you get a torture. There, there, a torture. Isn't a pro- there isn't a problem that can't be solved with more torture. I mean, it wasn't effective at all. I don't know what to say. It's like, you had these did two you, characters. Did you, walk away, did you walk away reassured that Arab Americans are real Americans? It's almost offensive... That they thought this was a solution, like, this one-off would be alright, because, like, to me, they're just two characters, and the idea that, like, no, they're not just characters, they're Arabs, almost is, like, <laughs> making things worse, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I and I get, yeah. like, in a show like this, you can always, there's always room for somebody who, like, gets unfairly accused simply because of their race, and you can explore it, but they didn't even really explore it. Like, all their talk was very offhand, and, like, Jack didn't give a shit about whatever struggles they were going through the entire episode. Like, it's not like he was right. like, "Oh, you got looted because you're, you know, of a <laughs> Middle Eastern descent." That's terrible. Like, they mentioned it, and it just was water off Jack's back. Like, it, it like it happened so fast that it's tough to even register that it was a thing. You know, right, right, Chrissy. Um, was it effective in its message that 24 is a ridiculous show <laughs> and constantly uses um, ridiculous methods and crazy drama and um, nonsense? Yes. Um, as far as particularly targeting um, um, Arabs, well, you know, it was it was a touching moment that they shared in the sports shop. But, you know, I agree with David. It didn't really... It wasn't as much of a highlight as they may tried to make it, I guess, seem like it should be. Um, and if that was their sole purpose, that they really wanted to make it seem like just another um, stone in the show, then it, then it did that. If it was trying to be more standout-ish, then they really needed to work on it more. Um, but it didn't really change anything because they, I guess it would have been different if they would have maybe had them be people that came over to this country as like children or even teenagers and they now called America their home versus they were like we were born here. Yeah. You know, so it was like that's no different than anybody else. Or you know not to I mean it wouldn't work in the context of the story and they shouldn't like shoehorn this in, but like have a Muslim a part of the CTU, you know? Yeah, yeah, which they, I think they do at some point. But yeah, it's just, a couple more times it almost like feels that. like the equivalent of yeah. like, oh, I've got, you know, I've got a black friend, so I'm not racist or yeah. something. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. No, it is. It's very tokenism almost yeah. in terms of like, they did this so that they can point back mm-hmm. and be like, but we made that point about how <laughs> not all Arab Americans are terrorists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and there's nothing wrong with having these characters in here. Like, there's nothing wrong right. with the story itself. It just doesn't prove right. one thing or another. And if this is the only time you portray, like, a Middle Eastern people as good, that's not enough, you know? Right. <laughs> like, the yeah, fact right. that you're pointing to it is worse than if there was just another story, I guess. And I guess they didn't really yeah. point to it because the PSA came before this, but... Well, it's, well it's... And, but at least they, you know, did not have them working in, like, a shawarma shop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> 
you know, they weren't selling falafel. It wasn't like a cart that they were, you know, just hiding behind in the street that they were, you know, as losers were running around. You know, I mean, I guess in the highlight, they did make it a sporting goods store, yeah. a very all-American uh-huh. Yeah, the, the fairest thing I can say is that it wasn't racist how they were portrayed at all, but... Mm-hmm. That just should be the norm. Yeah, I don't think, like, patting yourself yeah. back. It's like a certain <laughs> president-elected said today when he was patting himself on the back for not taking a bribe. You're like, that doesn't get you any credit. Like, <laughs> Right, that's just called being a normal, law-abiding citizen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's funny because, like, this isn't... I don't feel like this is ham, a ham-fisted, very special episode like we usually deal with mm-hmm. where it's, you know tonally different from the norm or there's you know special music playing or a very pointed discussion at the audience is happening mm-hmm. but at the same time like i remember watching this when it aired and just being like oh this is them trying to cover their butts and be like look at this not all middle eastern looking people are bad guys <laughs> and so it's like it's both like subtle but also ham-fisted at the same time well i think and- the fact that this would stick out to you speaks very poorly of the show prior to this. Yes, that is then that is certainly true. Because yeah, I mean the best, like you said, the best thing that they could do almost is just have have characters who are of Middle Eastern descent and mm-hmm. are Muslim, and it's not a thing. It's just they are there and <laughs> they are yeah. on the good guy side and they do their jobs well, and that's that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you did you learn anything from this episode? Fun. <laughs> Did you if learn how stuck... smolderingly handsome Tony is? No, Tony's not smoldering <laughs> handsome. I stand by that. I'm sorry. No. If I was Michelle, I'd be like, good riddance, you booze hound. Um, I would have to say that um, secretaries of state or... Uh, defense. Defense secretaries could be creepy. <laughs> um, the mummy looks really good with hair. Mm. He does have a little bit of fuzz. Yeah, going, yeah, he was, yeah, he's very handsome. Yeah. Um, you know, that uh, they do let gingers into society <laughs> with normal jobs, which is nice to see. But and... they're also terrorists, so <laughs> take that well, with a grain of salt. The one the ism we get behind is gingerism. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> <laughs> they want to be accepted. <laughs> you know, that's all they ask for. Um, much like, you know, the Middle Eastern. <laughs> yeah, just just so our audience knows, David, Christie and I have a good friend who's a ginger, so it's okay for us to say that. Yes, it. yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, I guess <laughs> we've got a black our, friend, so all these ways we've got a, he's already we got a black friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're terrible people. Um, yeah, no, I I guess you know if you're stuck in a looting situation, head to a sporting goods store. Yeah, oh, that's good. Zombie yeah. outbreaks a good Did- sporting goods store is good too. Yeah, David, what did you learn? Uh, the, I learned a torture's great. <laughs> and, uh, and easily easy to forgive as well you know a little torture now yeah, and then yeah. like, hey, whatever yeah. you know you're doing what you're doing uh i also learned that the most dramatic things happen at the top of the hour <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like how uh how they'd start making jokes on buffy about how like every may there would be an apocalypse yeah that was the <laughs> End of the season, it's like all the most exciting things in Jack's day happens at the top of the hour. Yeah, exactly. And the end. Yeah, like yeah. the end or the beginning. Well, yeah, the top, like that's the, you know, zero, yeah. zero mark of the hour, you know, when it's starting. Uh, yes. 
That's when something dramatic is going, is, mm-hmm. is going to happen. Uh, I learned that in the event of a complete and utter power failure, it will take approximately 15 minutes for any major city to burst into flames <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> descend, and descend into craziness. complete and utter anarchy. <laughs> and uh, I learned that the evil queen from Once Upon a Time was in the season of 24, which is something I knew at one point in time, but apparently forgot. So I guess that would mean she doesn't come back at all, right? She's just gone. Yeah, this is, I believe this is her last appearance. Mm-hmm. So was she in previous episodes? She was in previous episodes, yeah. She had a whole subplot storyline she got tortured all that kind of stuff she wasn't just like this season's random it person she might have been limited to this season i forget but she was in previous episodes prior to this one so her downfall was just being told she was going to get a raise and then asking about it at an inopportune time because there was terrorism happening and there was relationship (laughs) chance happening she gets she got screwed yeah no she totally did yeah (laughs) Well, I mean, the the gall of Michelle to be like, I need people here who are focused on the task at hand, and then to turn around and be like, <laughs> Audrey, how cute is Tony? I uh, know. Do you think he likes me? Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty hypocritical there. But that's twenty four. <laughs> uh, David, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Doctor Bits and at TheRealGentlemanOfLeisure dot com. Christy, where can we find you on the internet? <laughs> Not occasionally, you know, like once a year. I usually tweet something out at uh, at K Gortner. Um, otherwise, in random photos that are taken by people I know. <laughs> when it shows up on Twitter because yeah. random people tweeted you in a picture. Yep. You're not on the internet because you're busy raising our son while I do this crap. Yeah, and saving animal yeah. lives and saving yes. animal lives. <laughs> I, I do have a job that requires a little contact with a computer online. So usually I'm busy... Uh, Saving animals in Inverbelf Heights, so. Uh, As for me, you can find me neglecting our son on Twitter (laughs) at Austin Gordon, and you can read my writing at therealgentlemanofleisure.com. As for our... To be fair, (laughs) it's not so much he's neglecting our son... It's it's really me that gets neglected, <laughs> as he does all of this when he is napping or sleeping. Like right now, our child is asleep and we're recording. So no, don't tell him that. Make them think that he's like taking care of himself right now. Well, that's what you like to think he does. <laughs> this is when yeah, I no, pick him up that's... and show him on my screen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is that, David's? <laughs> get to David's apartment. Uh, no, that is a good point. He is—he's uh, usually in bed when I'm doing shenanigans. So yeah, it's you that's getting neglected, not mm-hmm. him. Just remember that. Yeah. Oh. Sorry, dear. That's all right. Uh, as Maybe we our... can start a GoFundMe <laughs> for you to take me out on a nice date. <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> into that one. Uh, as for our show, you can follow us on Twitter at AVSEPod. Uh, you can like our Facebook page on Facebook, uh, a very special episode podcast. And you can email us at AVSEPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, you can also download and listen to us via Stitcher, Google Play, and Podbean. Uh, and we are also part of the River City Podcast Federation now. Uh, you can find you can find us and several other great shows there at RiverCityPodcastFederation.com. Uh, so go check that out. Uh, next week, or next, not next week, in two weeks, 
Our next episode will be we don't know yet because Ryan has not returned yet from his interminably long for us, uh, probably not long enough for him, tropical vacation as of this recording. And uh, he kind of has next dibs on uh, whatever our next episode is going to be. So uh, we'll see what happens. Now, it might we'll be have, him. It might yeah. not be. Maybe it'll just be me farting into a mic for an hour. A lot could happen between now and two weeks after this episode posts. Uh, we'll have something new then, but uh, it'll be a surprise as to what exactly it is. If you want it to be an episode of David farting, write in and let us know, and we'll see what we can work out. Uh, in the meantime, for a very special episode, I am Austin Gorton. Yeah, that was this ABC on your home PC with some VIPs of SBTB. Was it Austin G? Dr. D.B., R.A.C., or the C-Money. What the heck was with that TV? This podcast is kind of funny. Excuse us all, because we gotta go pee. That was a very special episode. We dissected that shit from head to toe. Did the time fly by, or was it slow? Got so many life lessons. Oh, how we've grown. Seen so much TV. Three, two, one, and on the scene, clap, I'll clap. Three, two, one. I, I didn't hear <laughs> <Terrible>. a clap. <laughs> I didn't hear you say clap. Oh, well, I said clap. I don't think you right? did. You did. Okay. No, I don't, don't think you did. Oh, for God's sake. I think you said three. Well, let's stop and listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess we'll find out when I put this all together.